the Kazabu Show! My goodness! What is up? How the hell are you? Uh, you know, I'm living, living that dream. Living that dream. Happy to be back on the Cause of Boo Show. And I want to send an apology out to our millions of fans who, uh, have, who are hopefully still suffering with us as we uh, try to navigate this thing. We've been horribly inconsistent and definitely the least amount of shows we've ever done in a year. But uh, we're going to try to turn that around in the second half of basketball. You, you know, we're just kind of like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. We play when we want to. When we feel like it. <laughs> yeah, Paul George is especially killing me, man. I got some really good fantasy teams that you're messing up. Yeah. Like just, What's up? Is Kawhi only playing right now because he's on this 30-game streak or what? I don't know. But <laughs> this is a topic for another podcast. But do you think he's playing everybody like I'm a fake, like humble guy where I just have a cache of humble things I say and do? <laughs> but I'm not humble. No, because I don't think he's that good of an actor to be fake. Like, I think this is who he is. I just, uh, it's just funny. And I think he's probably, I, I think he's, I think he's just a high end. I think he's really smart. I think he's probably like. Some Mensa level me, like, gifted. Yeah, but, and so that makes you awkward and, you know, you don't think like other people, but I'm certainly, like, as re- as repetitive as, as basketball is right now with everybody kind of playing the same, and I'm still loving watching that man play basketball, dude. He is. <laughs> that dude can ball. <laughs> yeah, we didn't schedule to talk about him, but, yeah, he, um, man, he, he, there's, a, there's a discussion. It's an ongoing discussion. It's definitely not something we're getting into this show, but it's the, is LeBron or Michael Jordan better? And I think MJ had a quote about LeBron this week that just comes to mind. But like one of the things that I can't get behind LeBron James for is he's never had that sort of like otherworldly control of a, of like what he does. I don't want to say he hasn't had control of a game because he's controlled about a bazillion of them, but like having the whole thing on a string is just, it doesn't feel like LeBron's really, really got that. Whereas like you look at Kawhi and he just, that's like, if you give him this, he's like, okay, I'll take that. And he just takes it over and over again until you're done. And that, I think, when you look at like old school basketball players that like are on TV calling games and they just sort of like, they see a weakness in the defense and, and then a team just doesn't go back to it. Right. And, um, you know, Kawhi, he's got that to him. He's like, I'm just going to keep doing this one thing that you can't stop until you stop it. Then I'll do something yeah. else. Whereas like somebody yeah. like LeBron or others, they'll like just cycle to some other random play. And yeah. you're like, why? You have that one play. Go yeah. to it. Again and yeah. again and again. Anyway, rant's over. So, how the hell are you, Kaz? Doing well. Doing well. I was... Um, what what have you been up to since we've talked last? You know, I've watched, been watching more basketball, which is good, since I, I'm the you know, co-host of a, a basketball podcast. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I was listening. I was telling you before. So, I was listening to the radio and, like... I forget who it was somebody on NBA radio and like a tweet came in because I guess the host had dissed Miami and said like he doesn't he doesn't think that they're gonna have a very strong second half. And the tweet came back from this fan, this super Miami fan, he was like, You just not seeing the big picture. He said <laughs> That's he always said, a great start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great start. He said he said, You yeah, okay, you like Jimmy Butler and Bam, but you're you're not understanding that basically Tyler Hero is is like uh, <laughs> he's like who do you compare him to? Who's the kid from Phoenix? I can't think of his name right now. Devin Booker. Yeah, he said basically Tyler Hero is just like Devin Booker. And then he goes, well, here's the best one. He said Duncan Robinson could be the next Clay Thompson. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, I love Duncan Robinson. Like he... I love him, but I'm a Michigan guy. I love Duncan Robinson. I'm happy that he's he's found a home because I was concerned that you know the NBA was going to be concentrating on all the things he can't do and not really focus on the, that this dude could just shoot the rock, you know. Um, and he's he's got size to him, but Clay Thompson, I mean. You know, it doesn't get talked about enough, the NBA uh, radio. Like, just, like, that's the comment section of, of like, 
I guess, radio. Yes. <laughs> just, you listen to that and you just get the wildest takes. And it reminds you that there are people out there that like just watch like three games a month and that is it. <laughs> Yeah, and they are passionate about those takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure this guy watched a a a you know four minute stretch of Heat basketball where Duncan Robinson hit like three three deep threes in a row. It didn't think twice about it and was running back the other way before it went through the hoop. And he's like, man. <laughs> well, you know, and we'll talk about the Heat because um, you know the Bucks are running away with a lot in the East, yes, and. But and it was funny, you, you, you sent the topics through, and I had just written about this in the weekly newsletter, which you could get over at hoop-ball.com slash newsletter, where I cover everything from regular NBA to fantasy NBA. I put some life lesson stuff in there, cause, you know, I'm writing about life lesson stuff. Oh, boy. Isn't that, oh. isn't that scary? <laughs> A little bit. I'm in a, uh... <laughs> it's a what not to do thing. I just put okay, all the hey. things. That's all. The, hey, this is all the stuff I've done. Don't do that. No, yeah, uh, I can write that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, you know, so you can go over there and get the newsletter. But in the newsletter, I um, wrote like, hey, everybody's talking about the Bucks, like, you know, comparing them to the 96 Bulls and, you know, these Warriors teams that were big because the, the record's really, you know, kind of on that pace. And, I'm I'm like, wait, you know, I do make them the the prohibitive favorite, but there are teams in the East that I think can challenge them. And so we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't know about your fan, though. He, he needs some help. That's a little much. It's a little much. Um, other big news in the NBA, Zion is back. Zion is back. Or he's not back. I mean, I guess he's arrived now. He's certainly he's never, arrived. He's never here, so. Um Man, such a fun thing. We're going to talk about that. Um, we'll try to fit in some trade deadline stuff. And uh, I think at the end of this, we're going to rant a little bit about parent behavior. Or, or is it parent behavior or is it just fan behavior? Fan behavior, spectator behavior, all that good stuff. We'll try to add a few new wrinkles. I know everybody gets out there on a soapbox about fans, those terrible fans, um, and, and their terrible behavior. But... Um, We'll uh, let's get into Zion, man. Holy, I like this guy. It's it's must see TV. The ratings, I think, doubled or something from wow. like a comparative game uh, last year to this year. Uh, he, oh man, and as as great as John ja Morant plays, like yeah. it was like you know you could feel this sort of momentum tipping like John ja Morant and you've talked about this cause you, you were right out there in the front before this was like a cool topic yeah. saying, Hey, don't just count Zion ahead of Morant. Like just willy nilly. Like he's got a chance to be just as good. He came out and he made that case. Right. And then Zion just kind of gets on the floor and, and I'm still trying to figure him out as far as just like what to expect you know, schematically X's and O's the way he moves on the floor, because it's just so strange. Like yeah. you just don't see this. And so he came back and he's playing in little four minute stints as he's returned. He's got two games under his belt now. So in game one, I'm watching and it's kind of boring, you know, boring. and then all of a sudden, uh, who are they playing in that game? I can't even remember. Right. Spurs. Was it the Spurs? Okay, so the Spurs decided to just let him shoot. Yeah. <laughs> he goes out there and drills four threes in, like, I don't know how long. It felt like two minutes. It was about, yeah, it wasn't long. I mean, it's only, like, three and a half, something like that. I don't know. And, uh, I mean, that's not a part of his game, really. Um, but, like, that building in New Orleans. Oh, my God. It, you know, there's some. there's been great New Orleans sports moments in history. Um, yeah. When you go back to like the the Katrina post Katrina game in the NFL, right. I forget who ran it back. Um, yeah. On a was it Gleason? The guy, the, some guy he's got. Has um, he got an ML, ML ML? Yeah, yeah. It's got yeah Lou Gehrig's. Yeah, the block punt or whatever it was, and ran, ran it back. back. And of course, their interception to seal the. Uh, Super Bowl, and then they did that onside kick in the Super Bowl. It's all Saints stuff, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the the Pelicans in the playoffs, I think, against when they were challenging the Warriors a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, 
couple years, like the first year of the Warriors, the first championship year? Yeah, the fans in New Orleans, and no surprise, that's a great city, um, are pretty good. You know, yeah. they make noise. Yeah. And so you're hearing, you're hearing this in this game, and, and it's like, man, you know, you'd love these cities like Portland, Sacramento, when they're not terrible, which has been for the last however many decades. Um, <laughs> had to get that in there. Um, you know, Golden State when they were in Oakland. Um, yeah. <laughs> these places with great fan bases and, and great buildings. Um, I, I think that, that this will be one of them in, in New Orleans. So he was going crazy in that game. And then in this most recent game, Holy moly, man! Did you see that block? Yeah, I think that was coming down though, but it was still. It great. was coming down. It was definitely coming down, but I mean, still, like, who cares, man? Yeah. <laughs> he was rising as he got it. Yeah. His head was at the rim or above. His hand was above the square, and then it went deep, like six, seven rows back. Yeah. Ah, man. So, um, you know, Zion steps into a situation where the Pelicans were doing what Dan Bespris likes to call pre-tanking, which is (laughs) is basically like, you know, Derek Favors had some personal stuff going on. You know, I think it was the death of his grandmother. Um, So, like, they gave him a ton of time off to rehab some injuries Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Yeah. They they're messing around with different lineup combos. You know, you wouldn't see out of a team that's competing for the playoffs. Zion's right. on whatever timetable is going to get them, you know, healthy. And so nobody's in a hurry there. Um, yeah. The the West is so bad now that there's actually, um, you know, a chance that they could do some things. Right. Uh, but they're um, they've had this uh, experience with Brandon Ingram that's been pretty dang good. And um, Zion steps into this. And so they just are a really interesting basketball team. Um, And then Zion, for his part, you're like, okay, what in the heck is this guy? They've been rolling along with Ingram. Ingram had a 49-point game the other night. He looked great. I think we got to spend some time on him. Um, But what do you you make of this whole thing? When you see Zion on the court, what what are you you drawn to? What What are you planning for these guys? What do you want to see out of them going forward? Well, the first thing I love is that he understands, like, I'm sure that I would have, I would love to have watched, like, Shaq and Barkley and, like, Patrick Ewing and Elijah Wong watch him play because they're probably jumping for joy going, like, oh, wow, a guy that's bigger than everybody, actually, when they're, when they have a two guard on him decides that they're going to post up and score, (laughs) you know, like that was what got me mostly in the second game. And, you know, the games combined, you know, he's going to end up, if he can stay healthy, he's going to drag Lonzo to a couple of all-star games Mm. because Lonzo definitely has like, if, if he's got the, if he's got one of those littles on him, Lonzo's getting on the ball. I don't want to change directions here, but he's another guy that we got to talk about. Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I will be the first to, you know, I have been really hard on him as a Laker fan, um, but, you know, getting away from his dad and getting, you know, out of this LeBron kind of thing, I mean, he looks great. He's clearly, you know, worked on his game. I think he could use a, a few less step-back threes, um, but, you know, he's definitely, he's playing much more free, but he has got the pass first mentality to where, like, you know, with, with Zion, what I've noticed when he gets down there, he just plays like old school. Like when the guy, you know, because people are panicking. Like, so when he gets, when they, everyone's switching around, he's got all these little guys on him. They just, they panic. They try to swim over the top. He seals them, you know, with, with his big old butt, he seals them off, and then it's just easy lobs all day long, you know. And teams are really going to be in a pickle, especially. If Lonzo can improve his shooting and Ingram and all those guys, like this, he single-handedly might change the way defenses are defensive mm-hmm. basketball is being coached because he is not settling. He's mm-hmm. not gonna just like when they switch. Well, I'm just gonna stay out here for three. No, he's like I'm not. I'm not gonna let this them disrespect me by having <laughs> a six-four, you know, two guard that I outweigh by you know eighty pounds on me. He's going down there. 
and he's getting these easy buckets. Um, I love his playmaking. Like, you know, he he is a a very natural playmaker for others. Um, It's going to be – I mean, he's so – like, you watch that Spurs game. There was no way the Spurs were going to win if he stayed in there. Oh, no. And that's that's another interesting element here is they're just not going to play him, Um, which is (laughs) fine. I – you know, hey, look, you get you get Zion, you're gonna probably do that, I think. Um, but man, you know, it's so the the, the announcers for that game it was uh, Van Gundy and and crew and uh, Mark Jackson. So you know, they talked maybe like ten percent about the game and ninety percent about something else. Um, but they were on him for being fat. Yeah. So and I get it. Like he kind of does look like one of the larger players in the league. He doesn't look fat, but he just has that body type where it's like, huh, you know, maybe you are a little overweight. Simultaneously, he looks like the quickest and the highest leaper on the floor. Right. It is so weird, man. And the way he moves, it's really also just weird. Like he can get to things that other players can't get to. So like, just it's like if you had that power you would yeah you might linger out at the top of the key for a second because you feel like you're sniffing something out out there right knowing you can recover and get back and he's just standing in spots that i'm like oh should he be there yeah and he gets to where he needs to be and he's it's like whoa you just don't see that out of anybody else out there i I was because i thought one of the the first adjustments he was gonna have to make was playing against like true true length you know because you just don't see a lot of big long guys and you certainly aren't on the floor with like multiple guys in college and certainly not when he was in high school and so i was i thought that would be his first adjustment well the thing is with everyone going small he's really not seeing that and then even if there is another big guy out there like he is he's got some just amazing touch around the rim like his arms are longer than you would think for that for the size of his body and he can really he 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 kind of like jumps up and then he you know can hang for a while and then just as the other guy's going down he kind of has these little like scoops scoop shots that he has and so he's got this amazing touch in close which is i don't it's know it's not that fair <laughs> You know, yeah, because you think of those crazy athletic power guys, you know, that when they like, for, you know, even like like a Barkley or a Blake Griffin, they kind of when they decided to certainly LeBron and Shaq, when they decided to go power, they just went power the whole way. But he goes power move, but then can adjust to, to finesse. It's something you see from like smaller guards all the time. But certainly not the little air. reload in the air, and then usually yeah. a scoop or a reverse or you know a little you push. Yeah, you don't see it from guys like like Sean Kemp. Maybe had it a little bit, you know, but he was a lot longer than than a Zion, so it wasn't that it wasn't as impressive, you know. But I mean, the league's got problems. I just, I just well, put it out. What I what I kind of what I. <laughs> When I think of his game, and I wonder if he can shoot over 70% for a season. Um, so that first step, like, this is where I'm still having trouble. Like, so, okay, so he seems like he's quicker than most players. Like, right. and and then there's, like, this, like, next, like, the next range of, of the play. He might be a tiny bit slow. I don't like like there's but then there's this acceleration and gear that just hits really quickly after that. So you don't yeah. expect him <clears throat> he's not like you know think of like a small guard that's just changing directions left and right. Like he's not yeah. that, but he's his first step is definitely quicker than I'd say 80% of the league. And yeah, but, then, but then he's got legs that are the size of NBA basketball players. Like yeah. like Chris Boucher, you know, like that guy could fit into one of Zion's legs. So like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like he he could beat you if he was a thin little rail at that speed, but the fact yeah. that he's just gonna shed you, you know, no problems, no questions asked, and then jump over the second level, 
It's it's yeah. just a weird thing. And yeah, teams are going to pack the paint and they're going to try to make him shoot. Um, I I'm, I don't think he's got the greatest shooting touch. I mean, players can make flat. threes. Yeah, it's flat. Players players can make threes. I think threes. Um, I was going to take it to this drinking game we used to play in college called Caps. It was like the further you were away from the the bucket, the easier it was yeah. to make. I think NBA yeah. players, sometimes you see them struggle struggle at the foul line. It's a little too close mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, I kind of feel like there might be something like that going on with him. Um, so maybe there's hope for defenses. Like, they, they, they can make him shoot. But uh, he's an unstoppable weapon in, in yeah. so many respects. So now let's drop him into this uh, Pelicans team here. So Brandon Ingram, I think he had 13 points last night. Um, and he's been unstoppable himself. Right, which is just so fun because I don't do. You, did we both have him number one overall in our in our draft coverage we that year? Both, we both had him over Simmons. Yeah, both of us yeah. yeah, and and, and it's looking like a terrible, terrible um, <laughs> thing by us, and it's it's getting better and better as as well, as the days go on. He, it's not looking as ridiculous as it, it might have seemed before. So it seems like he. It seems like all of those bad um, <laughs> possessions that he racked up in L.A. might have actually led somewhere because he <laughs> he got, I think, the dribble drive game and the pull-up jumper game is is now where you want it to be. Like right. as as like we always would compare him to Kevin Durant as a potential you know sort of uh, guy. He has the ability to rise and fire now and be pretty damn good. Um, right. His foul shooting is what's really the most insane. I got a complaint because I didn't even have him ranked in the top 150 because his foul shooting used to be so bad. It would push him down in fantasy leagues so bad that he was unplayable. And he has improved by 20-some-odd percent this year over last (laughs) year. And it's not like some fluke. He's shooting, I think, like eight a game. So, I mean, the the talk of fluke is over. Um He's so to me when somebody gets the foul line figured out, I kind of feel like that's like the apex for shooting. Once you get that, oh. like if you could get up over eighty five percent, yeah. I mean, even if if you could if you can just shoot a consistent seventy five. I mean, you, if you're if you're gonna be a dominant player, if you're gonna be an all star, if you're gonna be a top three guy on a championship team, you, you've got to be able to go to the line with confidence. And that's, you know, another Simmons thing, why he looks so bad, especially in important stretches of games is because he can't, he can't make moves freely because he doesn't want to go to the line, you know? So even if, even if he can get by a guy, even if you get the switch you want, you get the oaf on him, he he can't do anything because if he goes hard to the rim, there's a good chance he's going to get fouled, go to the line and miss two free throws. And he doesn't want any part of that. So that Brandon Ingram figuring that aspect of the game up out has really, really helped him. He's, he's not settling as much. Um, he's taking more threes, but he's certainly not when he drives, he's, he, he's, he's driving with more conviction to his pull-ups and he's pulling up, you know, whether he's, 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 putting the ball on the deck hard, pulling up at five feet, eight feet, 12, you know, he's, he's just playing more free with more confidence. And I think that's a big, that the free throws are a huge, huge part of it. it. It's something that I would love to see somebody spend some time on, you know, writing wise, you know, really kind mm-hmm. of diving into players that have had the kind of jump that Ingram has had. And then what has that done? Cause he's got all the, the clubs in the bag now. And so you right. go back to Simmons I, people I don't think realize, and, and I know I, I don't, you know, instantaneously think of this as I'm evaluating his game is that because of the foul shooting, he, there's an entire universe of things he probably doesn't do out there right. on the floor. And right. they're huge, you know, yeah. and that's what you're seeing with Ingram is he unlocked it all. Mm-hmm. And now when you play these guys, like how do you stop somebody at his height with his quickness, with his ability to now finish? as well is another thing he's improved on. Um, So it's very Kevin Durant-esque. The the interesting thing, the difference is I kind of trust Ingram to to have some killer instinct that maybe KD didn't have, you know? 
You know, we talk about, we won't get into this because it's probably a big ass topic, but you talk about like Kendrick Perkins being in the news and those, and I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh, now everybody's going to figure out how bad Kendrick Perkins was for that team. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they still haven't figured it out. I mean, that guy ruined an entire dynasty, (laughs) but you know, like Kevin Durant throughout that entire time, he would always get bodied out to the, you know, half court line. And, you know, just like the shot selection wasn't there. And, you know, just like if Ingram can put it together in a way, maybe watching Zion, seeing how aggressive he plays, learning a few tricks there. Um, I don't think he'll ever be the shooter that KD is. That's a tough bar to clear. Um, He's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to give me that one? I'm putting it, I'm putting my I mean, little there's, sticky there's, on the on the wall here. I think because he's had to play so close to the basket for longer, I think that he's not going to rely like I think if Ingram has goes over 3, I think he might be quicker to abandon just shooting threes than KD might have been, but KD's a much better like KD can legitimately go over 3 and hit the next five. So it's not. Katie's the type of shooter that if you had like Steph, Clay, Katie, whoever else, you know, like, and, and it was like a three point contest or whatever the shooting contest was. And you had to bet a lot, you know, I would consider Katie, you know, well, t- taking it because of the touch he has on his shot. Yeah. I mean, it, it took going to a team that has arguably the best two shooters to ever live to be the first time he's ever been on a team where he's not the best shooter, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's just, that says something about his shooting ability. But, um, but, you know, I was thinking about, you know, cause you know, you're hearing all the drama about, you know, in LA with AD turning down the, the max deal and, you know, possible, seems like there's some possible strife that maybe playing with LeBron, you know, in that kind of LeBron web, what that you know the, the, does to people's comfort to see, see the fact that, that you even have to say it like that the the lebron web <laughs> like doesn't <laughs> that doesn't that mean something in the mount rushmore discussion of basketball players oh i think it does i mean you, you know it, it, and that's a, a different topic but you know it's, a, it's an entire sh- like when he retires one day there's gonna be a show we do just on this oh sure because yeah. like people are ready to crown his ass as the best player of all time, like <laughs> go to war over that, and it's funny to me because like they can't like I just I, I could never imagine any other player in that discussion getting shut down by JJ Barea in a freaking playoff game. <laughs> um, back to the Pels, so, but yeah, so you know you know if if AD for some if he does not sign with them, oh god, I mean it's. I mean, could you, I mean, not only did the, the Pelicans kill that trade, you know, and like, and you, you're looking at, I don't know, that, like to interrupt here, I don't know that there's ever been a come up like that in NBA history where you're getting Zion, you know, right. <laughs> forget everything else. You're getting Zion, but then, yeah, you're getting that draft haul that they got. Yeah. And, 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 and then you're getting Ingram, Ball, Hart. Yeah. I, I mean, my it's, God. It's, Pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. And then you know, but then you, yeah, throwing the Zion really, really makes it better. And I'm, you know, I was just kind of thinking about the Lakers lately. I mean, they have not made over several regimes. They have not made a good decision. I mean, even like, even like the D'Angelo Russell when when Kuzma came out like wildfire, you know, that seemed like the Lakers won that one. But they let Brook Lopez walk when they really needed to resign him. And now, D'Angelo Russell is be- definitely better than Kuzma. Again, they they lost. You know, they they give up on you know Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball because, of course, they don't fit with LeBron. And it, it's just like, man, they they are just tripping over. So if this AD thing falls apart for them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they go. Well, they really- luckily they're playing pretty well. So they are, they are, we'll we'll see how that goes. That's just, I mean, that whole section of Lakers history is just so hilarious. And, and, uh, I got a few thousand Kings fans that are ready and willing to complain about the role that Luke Walton played in all of that. 
<laughs> and and how much he learned during that process. Um, the Pels are now basically looking at Zion, Ingram, Ball, Holiday, um, kind of a who's not a who's who, but like a good solid bench situation or depth situation. Derek Favors can. You know, he kind of changes their defense, actually. And it's and we, we've got to kind of throw an asterisk on that because Zion's there now. What is he going to do in that respect? Um, but they got tools, man. And so when you look, you go and you look at the the um, the Western Conference playoff picture. They're currently four and a half games behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. Go Grizz, my new favorite team. Um, they're fun, man. That's that's a good squad to watch. Um, four and a half out, the Blazers added Trevor Ariza, and actually that probably is a pretty good fit. It's a great fit for them. Yeah, I mean, he needed to be put in a, in a team and in, in an environment where he wants to play hard. And Dame Lillard might get really upset if he shoots the shots he shot in Sacramento, Washington, and Phoenix. That, that was the thing. I think that they, you know, it was one of those things where they brought him in and kind of crowned him as the young kind of go-to guy that was going to lead this team because he's got character and stuff. But that's not, you know, not, excuse me, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Barnes, excuse me, but. Um, for, <laughs> that I'm, guy, don't get stuck on that guy. I know, I know what you so, were doing there. Yeah. But like with, with Ariza as a veteran, championship veteran, it's like, but he's kind of that mentality of like, he doesn't want to listen to guys unless he absolutely oh hell has no respect, <laughs> respect for them. And he's not gonna be like he, he's he's not like that. When you put him with a with a Damian Lillard, it's like dude, he Damian is gonna tell him real quick, know where you are on the totem pole and act accordingly, and he'll he'll fall right in the line. <laughs> well, and also Dame Dame is one of my favorite players of the NBA he can just go get with him and be real and, and do it in a way that is not pretentious and it's not ego driven. I think, I mean, I just, that's, that's my take on, on Dame Lillard. Um, in Sacramento, I'd have to like bust out the film for people because there's always such a hype machine there of Ariza jogging. <laughs> you know, when you're running and you're like, just like running before practice and it's just light, you just need to get your body going and you're kind of bouncing up and down. That's how he's yeah. running. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then put the oh, film on him. You could almost put the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm music to the whole thing. <laughs> and then they'd be like, ah, veteran defender, Trevor Ariza, you know, just <laughs> freaking Sacramento. Yeah. Um, so the Portland Trailblazers sons are in the mix. You know, I think they're going to get things moving back again. Um, <clears throat> though Aaron Baines is basically hurt. Um, That's nice. He's he's may even be on the trade block, which is a weird little subplot there. They're kind of in it. Um, the Spurs are playing well, so but four and a half back, the Pels they could make a run here. And well, with half the season left, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, half the season and a bunch of bad teams. I mean, the Thunder are in the seventh spot. You know, they're a Chris Paul injury away from getting pretty damn bad. Yes, very much so. Um, the top six are locked in the interesting one in the top six. While we're just looking at standing stuff here, the Mavericks have the second highest differential in victory. So the Lakers are number one at 7.8, but the Mavs at the five seed at 7.1. That differential is like kind of wonky. Like I wouldn't bet my life on it. Um, but like it usually does have a pretty good indication of how good teams are. Um, so they're sitting at five, and I think that's interesting. They just got Willie Cauley-Stein in a trade because Dwight Powell went down to an Achilles injury. Now that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I thought you might want to have a riff on that. Because it's can like Willie will Willie Cauley-Stein really play that hard? <laughs> you know that that's really the issue because he's longer, he's he's more athletic. You know, like man, will he? play as hard and he, I mean he doesn't have I mean Dwight Powell's a decent enough shooter but will he play as hard as Dwight Powell plays because they thrive on that that Dallas team they don't have a guy like that that's just gonna bang and dive and do all that like he's that dude for them 
And so that's like a pretty devastating thing to lose off your team. So it's like, yeah, it makes the, the, the it makes sense bringing Kali Stein in. I mean, for what's out there, yes, that's that's great. But will he, for the amount of minutes is on there, will he like give himself to this you know special thing? And the thing is with Luca, like Luca could really shine up that turd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to where he can really get himself a nice contract in a couple of years if he commits. So, you know, this is like, I mean, that dude can make you look real good if you're Willie Colley-Stein. So will, will, will he just run? Will he just run the floor? That's, that's all he has to do. He has a weird run. alley-oop game. Like, he can catch and, and throw down in, like, a full-speed run. But like yeah. around the hoop, he 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 has this weird. Okay, first of all, Willie Cauley Stein is just a kind of a character. Like in NBA land, he is a character. There's a lot of characters in the NBA. He's kind of way up the list. Um, he's got the face tattoos going on. There's one that says PPP, I think, and I don't know what that is, but I'm hoping it's not points per possession because <laughs> that would just be weird. Um, but. And, and and nothing against face tattoos. I mean, they're kind of, you know, coming into style here with Post Malone, I think. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, he he's um, he's just a weird cat. He's afraid of the rim. Like, like no joke. He, he As far as dunking goes, he doesn't want to hurt his hand because he's hurt it before that way. So he, like, like in it. So, like, in the places that Luca could deliver him the ball a lot – he might actually not want to go there because he doesn't want to hurt his hand. Um, so that part is weird. Yeah. Um, he might get jump started by this. Like it's been a rough go for him. He thought he might make 20 million a year. Sure. He, he really did. He made comments to it, to the media. Um, so then, you know, he gets humbled greatly. You know, the, the warriors pick him up. He gets some of that warriors culture, going um i don't want to say he's played hard there no but he has he 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 has um now moved into a playoff situation and rick carlisle's not going to put up with any of that right so what happens yeah the 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 worst thing is if he can't get on the floor because if he can't (laughs) on the floor i don't know that means that he is just terrible and that will basically kind of ruin his any chance of ever making money like this is this is it's weird to say but for a a 20 he's 26 like this is going to set the narrative how he plays here if if he can't like you could you can throw away the warriors be like oh you know they were tanking it was a screwed up situation it wasn't what they thought you know they thought they were at least gonna have staff and you know but so you can completely throw away the Warriors and not hold it against him. If he can't play here, it's a, it's a it's a wrap. He's going to be getting these one year, two year, two million dollar deals for the rest of his time in the league. So like if he if he wants any decent money, he's got to make it happen because there's no excuses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, and and that's probably a bigger blow than a lot of people realize. The Dwight Powell blow, but. Uh, oh. They're, uh, that's just a really random wildcard team. But, yeah, I mean, to cap off the Pels, there's – I mean, the Kings aren't doing anything. They've already thrown the white flag up. Um, Minnesota, they ain't doing anything. Warriors, they tanked hard enough to where they don't – it's like you, you could almost see them throwing games. I'm not saying they did that. Just so they could tell Steph and Clay, hey, don't play this year. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Because they were tethered enough to the bottom of the, the West where, you know, if you're Steph and Clay and you're looking at your four games back, you're like, I can make four games up in this – bad west like you know right. <laughs> so th- you can see the wheels turning in those guys heads like no guys you're gonna stay out of the game until next year um so so the pels do you think that they can do it it's 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 gonna be interesting i mean it, it's gonna be a we'll see, it's it's this next you like know, you had mentioned this i don't think we've covered it like zion really changes everything for everybody you know and right. that and that ingram getting 13 points thing i think is pretty huge like you get a guy that's got his gravity playing four to five minutes per game or probably four to five minute stretches. Like, man, that's just tearing your offensive flow apart. Right. So what what do you think, you know, happens there? 
you know, like we've, we, I think we're both pretty much against tanking. I think you don't have Dallas could never be Dallas if they had been tanking all these years. Like they just like they competed, they tried, and then you know you draft right and good things happen. Um, so it's you. you it has these next ten years are gonna be not you draft right, meaning like teams in front of you are stupid. <laughs> well, but hey, listen. It takes a lot not to be stupid sometimes. It's so you know? true, man. A third of the league is like that idiot in your fantasy basketball league that hasn't watched in three years. You know, yeah. go not, on. Not making a stupid decision is a little bit of a talent. Okay, so don't don't knock that. But um, you know, like these next ten games are going to be crucial if they if they continue to lose with him, then and they fall, you know seven or eight back then it's like a done deal you don't worry about it but if they could if they can scrap together some wins here and pull this thing to two or three it's gonna be really hard even though you want to think of the future or at least they'll have to maybe recalculate how they play him during these games so he could be more available for fourth quarters and stuff but like you, you just don't ever want to set the tone of we're not trying to make the playoffs if you have a legitimate chance. Yeah, I think Griff gets that for some reason. He's just struck me as a guy that gets things. I think he gets that. I'm I'm gonna keep the, their hope alive and say that they've got a shot. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, and and quickly because we got you know we're up against it a tiny bit here. Let's talk East. Okay. These these Bucks here, they're these eight and bucks. a half against. They're eight, eight and a half in front of the Heat at two. We're tied tied with the Raptors now, who amazingly yeah. have kept their their seating high. Yeah, with all those injuries, and then you got the Celtics at four, and your Pacers. Now, did you have the Pacers at one? No, I had them down. I had them either out or at like seven or eight. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, The Pacers are at five. Sixers at six. Hey, now Philly, you suck. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then the classic Orlando Brooklyn seven and eight. it's like you could have bet on the top eight in this conference, you know, pretty aggressively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pistons, I mean, hey, you know, don't bet the farm for Blake Griffin's knee. You know, yeah. there's the lesson yeah. there. The Bulls, man, I watched the Bulls last night. They were freaking awful. I just, like, that's just a call up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. What is going on? I'm turning into a little bit of a B, you know, like I just like can't watch bad basketball. And of course I cover the Kings. So, you know, what was me? But like, (laughs) I just like, it makes me want to throw up into a bag. Like the (laughs) bulls, man. Oh God. Give me the wizards any day. I'd I'd rather take a collection of like young players that like actually have some skill Oh, I I thought that the Wizards were a lock for the worst team in the league this year. Like they, they have... how about them Hawks at eleven and thirty five? How the heck we we I mean All Star? We could have talked about that. We won't have time. But Trey Young starting in the All Star game eleven and thirty five. I mean, you know, I'm not a big All Star you know voting thing. You know, I think you know the fans. I it's not surprising. Wasn't just the that, fans. It was the coaches and the players this year. Not the coaches. It was the media and the players. For the starters. Yeah, a blended vote. Well, that's even worse. Um, the Knicks are better than them at twelve and thirty-four. The Knicks. Yeah. And you know, I like. I mean, obviously, he's a skilled. I mean, I think a couple of games ago, he had. I think. 30 and 16 with one turnover. And yeah. so, like, I get it. And, and Collins, or he had like 25. And I came on the show and said, hey, we got to change the conversation here. But he doesn't impact winning. <laughs> you know? And because Collins gave him that same game, Collins gave him 28. So it wasn't like he didn't have any help. You know? And it was like, but again, they, and he lost to like a team that wasn't that good. So it's like, there's something in there. There's something There's in there. There's something there. And I, you know, I, I haven't watched them enough. I haven't really watched them at all. I watched like maybe, a, a, you know, a couple of quarters here and there of them. And it just, there's just something that's not right. With that the group, way- they should be a le- better than 1135. Yeah. Of course. Like, in the East? Hell yeah. The, the <laughs> Bulls are 17 and 30. Yeah. I mean, that's a hot, hot mess over there. They have team meetings every other week. 
they don't even look like they ever met before. Like the when you watch the Bulls play basketball, it looks like was, the worst. Like when you just like you play pickup at a certain park or you play it at a certain gym, you gotta get to know everybody. You kinda get to know games. So it doesn't matter if you're on the floor with the, if you play with the guy all the time. You can you you haven't played with him in three weeks, but you still know his game. Like these dudes look like they just met in the parking lot and got thrown some jerseys and they get out there and like, you know, I don't even know why they, the coaches even show up. They just like, I don't have, even know why Chandler I don't know why I'm picking on this guy. Chandler Hutchison. I'm like, why are you even in the league, dude? <laughs> they should just have random fan night that if you if you win a, if you win the lottery you can coach the team that day and it'd be just as good there, as there's all this talk in the league of whatever you don't like in the league like if you don't like something that's why nba ratings are down like you know nba ratings would be a lot higher if you just brought a fan down from the stands <laughs> put them in a high leverage situation <laughs> Fourth quarter, down by one. <laughs> With the fan in section 214, get on down. Uh, so, okay, east, east. East. All right, so the Bucks. Everything's great. Yes. Yeah, smart coach. That deep team. Deep. Oh, yeah. All Giannis. You got the MVP. Did you find it funny that he picked an ad where he's like lifting speakers and like, you know, like, like, is he just a gym nut? Like his favorite thing to do is just lift. It's addicting. Like you, you think back to whenever you like were lifting the most. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) It's addicting. I mean, you do. And, you know, especially when you can put it to work for you, like he does, it's, you know, it's addicting. I know you think he's too big. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. His his free throw shooting, speaking of free throw shooting, he's 10 points down this year. Yeah. I don't know if that's weights, though. <laughs> you know, I, I, they're, they're, I mean, I don't know. My don't excuse know. for not lifting weights all those years is I didn't want to lose touch on my fastball and I didn't want to lose touch on my jump shot. You know, right. like, so. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. I mean, that was total BS, but like. You know, there might be something like to, you know, what's his name did all that stuff. I was listening to, um, uh, I think it was Quentin Richardson and he was talking about Steve Nash's, you know, uh, strength band workouts, mm. you know, do And He was like, he's like, he's like, I just never seen anything like that before. He's like, you know, dude, did not do lift weights at all, but he did these band stuff and he'd be like, he said he literally did be like just puddles all over his area of sweat from these things. And he's like, I think there is something. Hey, to hey look at Nash with those rubber bands. <laughs> there is something to alternative ways of gaining strength. But I mean, I don't know until I don't know. Maybe it's bad for him. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that was an aside. I just thought it was funny. It's a good ad. But, you know, it's like the first national ad that he really picks out. He's lifting weights. Um <laughs> So, okay, he can't shoot free throws. Like, you're in the playoffs. Last year's playoffs, for the first, what, two rounds, he looked, like, unstoppable. Just And, and then Toronto kind of figured it out. And so um, part of that, you know, it's not Siakam. He can't stop him. You know, but Serge Ibaka, kind of the combo of those two guys, converging on him, to me, you're starting to get a physical, you know, um, bracketing on defense that you can start to go to. And so then, it, then it, my mind started getting drawn to, okay, what are the, the rest of these teams? Who do they have that could actually throw up some resistance there? And you look at Miami, Bam out of bio. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, do you think Bam has a shot one-on-one with him? I don't think you're going to go one-on-one. I just don't think you can go one-on-one. I think that in those Toronto games, I thought, you know, Kawhi was at the point of attack. You know, obviously there's no one in the East that has a Kawhi uh, defensively. But they just he just did a really good job of, you know, kind of playing in the right space, you know, to where he wasn't going downhill freely, and then they just walled him really well. Mm-hmm. You and so you I would think Jimmy Butler's a smart enough defender to do that, you know, uh, to to just 
you know, get him to the right, to kind of guide Giannis to the right spot to where the wall can be well. But how much time can Jimmy Butler spend on on that kind of a player when he's the the focal point of their offense? Like even with Kawhi being the focal point of Toronto's offense, you still have Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol, you know, who can score. You know that you can take. He could take he's off, and those guys can you know kind of be the focal point of possessions. So I don't know. I think Bam will have plenty of opportunity, and you know, could I don't. I just don't know how good he is in space. So I don't. I don't know if he's the best fit, but certainly the first help defender. Um, he's but, not as good in space as everybody is saying he is right now. Right. Like, I feel like the, who, uh, like, I feel like Baines is way better in space than, than out pre, of bio. pre-injury space. Yeah. Even though he he's looks a, bad right now, like, but even though Otto bio is a better athlete, you know, I think people just go like, Oh, look how good of an athlete he is. He should be able to be, <laughs> there's a little, there's a little more technique to, to playing defense than people. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fluidity in the hips thing. And there, yeah, there's also just, there's also just instinct in reading a guy properly, you know, that some of that I swear like, JJ Reddick's one of the best I've ever seen at that kind of thing. The cat and mouse of space. Um, and knowing the, and, and knowing and, the, the, the it, scouting report too. And going, yeah, exactly. There was, um, you know, just knowing like, does a guy shoot like 16% from three, you know, from a certain side of the floor and you're on the fast break and you got to pick two players to defend One's on that side, one's on the other. You read the scouting report. You know this guy won't make that shot, so you go cover the other guy. Like that's the kind of scouting report stuff that's yeah that's that's really good out there. But like when you mentioned Jimmy Butler, more needs to be done in this area because we've seen it. Actually, we talked about with JJ Barea earlier. We've seen it with Dirk Nowitzki, you know, against the Warriors way back in the day. There's a way for shorter players to have this impact on players that struggle when airspace is taken away from them. And Mm -hmm. then what you're talking about moving players on the, on the floor, there's a lot that defenses do in this that I actually disagree with now where they send a player to the baseline and just give them a baseline drive. You know, they'll say they're icing. It's not very good. Um, But like, it's, um, you know, uh, diverting a player to a place that you want them to like a Giannis, like, so you, you sort of take away his first step and that gives him, you know, he, he won't get downhill quite as fast. He'll still get downhill, but then you've got your, your length and, and your shot blocking that can get in there and be physical with him. So I like the way that you're going that direction with it. Um, but then, so the question that I had and I posed in the newsletter is how, I, I don't think the Bucks are that far ahead of everybody else, though, like differential, if you look at that. They're winning their games by 12.6 points per game. Mm-hmm. The Heat are at just 3.5. You know, so yeah. they're just squeaking by. And then the Raptors are winning by six. The Celtics are the next highest at 7.1. Yeah. Um, the Sixers are at just 3.3. <laughs> but I do, I look at this list and I go, Miami, you know, I like a Jimmy Butler Bam sort of a combo in terms of trying to make his life hell. You know, you get the heat sort of culture and way and, you know, all everything that comes with that. Um, the Raptors obviously just won. So um, and it feels like they got some ballers on that team. You know, Fred Van Vliet, baller. Um, Norman Powell's been playing really well lately. Their guys that have been filling in for depth have played well. So I don't feel like that's going to be a bad basketball team by any means. Like they're going right. to come in with a head of steam, and they've got, like I said, Siakam. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry gives you some toughness there, and then uh, Ibaka to sort of help with the wall. Um, Mark Gasol, I think he might be dead money defensively, but um, you know, at least he knows the game. I think Boston might be right out against the Bucks. What do you like? They, they don't got a shot. I don't see it, but you know. Um... Eh, I don't see. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think you can. Eh, J- Jalen uh, Brown would be the only thing there. Jalen Brown could he, he go, could he go I, heads I up? Know, I don't know that he's. But he's small. Savvy enough to take the space. He's like he's a lot lighter than those other guys. He's not as strong as Kawhi, and he's a lot. He's thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that Giannis could 
have his way. And I don't know that he knows how to do what we're talking about. Like he's really good at, he, he gets in you and he can, he can move his feet. He's got all the tools to do it, but I don't know if he really knows how to do what we're talking about yet. If you know, he kinda, did, he'd be being discussed as a defensive player of the year with his tools. Right, right. So I, I don't know that making a move, if you're one of these teams, like do you think like if no one does anything that the Bucks are going to the finals? Mm, I mean, that would be my bet, yeah. Yeah, so I'm th- so I, I'm, I don't know that if you want to make a move, I don't know that you necessarily have to make a move in the, the Giannis stopping department. It might be, you might have to make more of an offensive move, um, just to like to offset the game plan of stopping Giannis. Like you're gonna just yeah. allocate all these resources towards stopping him. Those guys are gonna be tired. You need somebody else to be able to carry the load offensively. A little bit, and or, I mean, because I mean, I think like because there, if you can do the walling up enough, he still isn't Giannis. Still isn't great at making plays for people. No, no. You know, so you really, if you can do that enough, you're way ahead of the game because you, he's still not very good at picking out the right pass to make and, and getting it where the guy needs it. I really wish that they would run more of the stuff they did in Atlanta. I don't like this, him getting at the top of the key and going downhill most of the game. I I really think moving him around and I don't know why, Bud is kind of stuck here with this. I would like, you know, more guys to bring it up and, and run more of the motion stuff they did in Atlanta than what they're doing right now. They have um, a very free flow offense right now. It's um I mean, yeah, you just see I think that's Giannis's preferred spot. That might be why they're yeah. they're, they're running that, um and just sort of deferring to him, letting him feel the game out at, at his rate. Um but they they get a good pace, you know. They they pass ahead, and you so you'll see a lot of stuff. You it's you'll see them pass ahead to a guy, and he'll get his one on one, and it's like the other four players just know that hey that guy's going one on one. I'm not even going to cross the half court line. It's you know they just like kind of like let people do their thing, and they don't really care, and they're good enough to win by 12 points per game. Yeah, part of maybe why people think they're so far ahead of these other teams. But the way I look at it is along the lines of what you're saying is, you know, so if Giannis isn't the playmaker people think he is, you know, he's if he's not getting the ball to people where they like it, if it's not as optimized as you would like it. And here's a guy that's averaging whatever, 30, 10 and 10. You know, it feels right. like those numbers aren't accurate, but it's, um, you know, in that ballpark. If you can change that that's a huge piece to change. You know, yeah, they got all this depth and yeah, you're going to just, so what you're going to do is you're going to just like spray all of those opportunities to everybody else. And what is that? Now you've changed the dynamic of what the bucks are and yeah, all those players are really good, but can the bucks win a tough series when Giannis is struggling? That's the question I have in my head. If, If, if he's struggling, do they have the ability to, you know, go to plan B? Yeah. I don't know. And when I look I, at Toronto and Miami, I think, okay, they at least have a chance. So here's one that, and I don't know, I think that you're a lot more down on this guy than I am. Is it Kendrick it's, Perkins? No. You know, we were just talking about the shit show in Chicago. Would you, would Zach Levine be someone? Wow. Because you, you can move Zach Levine, I think. Pretty. He's got three at nineteen. To me, that's a that's a very movable contract. Um, you know, nineteen a year for three more years. Um, Where are you dropping, Mister Levine? I'm, I'll drop him in Toronto. Wow. Yeah, I think that if you, I think because um, <laughs> I know a few people are going to be so mad about that. But go on, because you got you got a you got Kyle Lowry. So that immediately. See, I mean, what are you getting guy, rid of to do that? You have to move. Uh, I think you got to move Powell, and you got to move um, like a newbie, somebody. I mean, he's a great. I, I don't know if I want to move him. There's like three guys you got to move because you got to move because uh, they're all a pretty good guy. You could is I think what uh, I mean. It's not that I mean McCaw uh, and you know so it's 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 very doable with like three players. I think you could still keep a. Uh, a uh, Nunabi, um, 
whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, Nunavik. <laughs> so um, that guy. Yes. So I think you know, for me, because I just think that having another potent player, and you, and, and I like with Kyle Lowry. I'm not can, down on Levine. Start, no, I'm, I mean, I am in certain concepts. Like when the Kings were like, we're going to throw a boatload of money at this guy to be like our fourth ball handler or whatever it was. You know? Yes. Like with, no. with Kyle Lowry, I mean, you talk about a guy that's going to not let you get out of line. I mean, I, I think. Uh, well, Serge Ibaka probably punch him out. Right. So I think from a, from a keeping him in check perspective, that's the team for it. Um, I, I think that defensively I think he's a little untapped and I and I think that these last few years on these terrible teams certainly don't scream to like uh, he's uh, pissed why well, uh, I would be pissed uh, yeah it's, it's they're, so they're, they're, they're the bulls they're, they're a joke I'm sorry they're a joke the bulls the organization like you know I, I probably wouldn't want to play very hard for them. so so to me I think you know as much as I do like Powell I think if you're looking for a guy that can probably do some nice things defensively and who can, who is a weapon, you can't just like ignore him on the offensive side. Like as long as he's playing smart basketball, um, which in a in a true system in a big time playoff situ, you know situation, I mean this will be something that he's never experienced. Where like not only are they going to go to the playoffs, but they're expected to to win a couple of rounds, and I think that that can really change a player's mentality. And I think that because Milwaukee is so deep and they have all these tools, and I just think that having a little extra firepower and a little, a guy that could just give you a 30 one day, you know, he could just walk in to a, he can ease into a 30 point playoff game. You know, I just think with Siakam, I just, I just really think that that would work. And I would think that would put them in a little bit different position, um, Right than they are right now because I think they they will give them the best test, but I just don't think it's enough. I think they need one more piece that can really cause a little bit of panic on the Milwaukee side. So we're not going to talk about the Sixers because we're basically out of here. Um, we'll save that for another show. Um, they're they're a mess. That's on Embiid, right? It's all it's all it's on Embiid and Simmons. Embiid Simmons, I think that uh, it's the concept. The, well, I think I think Brown hasn't done a great job, but then again, Philly hasn't really said that he's their guy. So it's just like you know they they've got the wrong character guys. And, <laughs> and I don't know. If, I don't know if Embiid's going to win a championship because of he, he's just he's I don't know. Something's not uh, right. Another show. Um, Pacers will leave them on the cutting room floor here. Um, why is my phone? I didn't say Siri's name. My phone starts looking up. Hey, Pacers! I don't trust her. I don't. Tr- well, I don't trust technology anymore. We're we're basically one year away from Terminator Two, in in my opinion. Um, so Toronto. I think you're you're saying Toronto's the guys that that might challenge the Bucks. And I really like your idea about Zach Levine. I mean, I like these ideas that don't fit into cookie cutter easy analysis. That you know. You kind of got to think about Chicago, I do think, might want out of the Zach Levine business. I mean, as they're like, he's their number one guy. He's setting tone for the entire franchise, and he's not really doing it well. No, no, he's not. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, like, that it's a weird enough move to make sense. And yeah, he could drop 30 at a moment's notice. And man, as far as guys that can rise and fire, there's very few like him. Um, So, we'll see. You know, obviously, we'll keep t- keep tabs on this. Um, quickly, your thoughts on fan and or whatever parental behavior? I mean, we just saw LeBron James' kid get what candy thrown at him or something in a oh game. My, yeah, yeah. I, you know, like people are crazy. This whole like I, I don't know. I, I mean, we we've talked about mental health um, a lot <laughs> on this show, and you know, the the idea that y- you would feel so attached and to it to this thing and entitled because you paid some money and i don't know how much money it costs to get into that high school game that you can throw things at people or say whatever you feel like to guys I mean, didn't the guy hit one of the warriors owners hit kyle lowry or whatever in the uh, finals and like 
you know, the, you know, the, 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 it's just, it's so out of pocket and people need to get their heads together and figure out what's right in their life and, and not think that because they paid some money that they could just have an open season on people. I think some of these dudes, like, I, I would love more than anything for a guy to get his head knocked <laughs> off by one of these, one of these players and then, and keep it and then only suspend them for a couple of games and keep all these other jackasses in line. I mean, it's, it's getting too much. Do you remember when Jermaine O'Neal connected with that fan in the Malice in the Palace, like random Pistons Maybe. fan? Like he, st- this fat dude steps. I'm sorry, I'm gonna get some fat shame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. So he steps yes, on the floor to square up with Jermaine O'Neal. Yes. Now Jermaine O'Neal connects with a really nice punch, except for the fact that it looked like he hyperextended his knee because of some <laughs> liquid on the ground or something. But like he got full extension right oh. there and just knocked that guy the f out. And um, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. Um, but the yeah, now it's it's a. People got to look in the mirror. That's what I think Twitter and social media is just crap as it is. You know, like it's a terrible. I think social media is probably killing the planet. But there is this one little shred of like showing us who we are that it's done that is valuable because people legitimately think I paid my money. I get to say whatever the F I want to you. Yeah. And that's that's just like wrong on so many levels. But it's. But it's like a core level with people yeah. that they don't and they don't get it. You know, they yeah. think that the world's gone soft or something. Yeah. And it's not. Nah, it's not like that, man. Like, no, you you you've basically dehumanized everybody in this room, you know, yeah. for your own entertainment because you paid 40 bucks. Yeah. No. I mean, even if you paid 400 bucks. Like, yeah, or whatever. Some of the stories of like some of the players wives what's happened what happens to them in all sports on the road it's crazy it's crazy you know like what the heck is wrong with you you know you're gonna attack some you're gonna attack some woman in the stands because she's there to support her husband like what the hell's the matter with you well and, and and that then gets into all sorts of stuff that we don't have time for but um yeah one day we'll have to have a society show yeah, right. Cosm Brew on Society. I think you guys would listen. Um, I think that's going to do it. You know, uh, the uh, the red light is flashing. We, we've talked a little bit long, but you know what? We haven't done this in a while. So screw you, red light. Um, if you want to follow these wonderful basketball takes, you could go to Twitter, twitter.com slash show, where we haven't tweeted in approximately 900 days, which I think is just amazing and, and no, awesome. Since we're this close, we have to get to a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll tweet at that point. Um, who knows? And on Facebook, where you will get nothing but the best onion articles reshared by cause at facebook.com slash show. And if you actually want content and not nothing, you can go to www.hoop-ball.com and click podcast where you will see a link for the Cause and Brew show. Um, also, if you're still listening, um, go do our promotion right now with my bookie. If you like to play a little bet here and there, they're doing a match bonus. And if you use the code today, that helps out us at Hoopball very much. Cause I hope we can get it together to keep doing more of these. I know that you're extremely busy. I'm extremely busy, but we will do our best. Thank you guys for your patience in, in, uh, letting us be absent for these last couple weeks, but another one's in the books. Peace. Peace. What, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl?